Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. Oh, now some of y'all there out there laughing like I'm the only one. But you got notes for your notes, too. All right. Yay and amen. Amen. Genesis chapter 11 and verse number 31 and 32. I would like to read in your hearing here this evening. The Bible says, And Terah took Abram his son, and Lot the son of Haran his son's son, and Sarai his daughter-in-law, his son Abram's wife, And they went forth with them from Ur of the Chaldees to go into the land of Canaan. And they came unto Haran and dwelt there. Verse 32, And the days of Terah were two hundred and five years, and Terah died in Haran. My title will not make any sense to you right now. But I hope the objective is by the time we're done, it will. But I want to talk to you tonight about the delays and the distractions. The delays and the distractions. Amen. Will you help me right now? We need a movement of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Here this evening. Hallelujah. Through his word. Father, I come to you this evening. I know, God, that we have opened this service in prayer. We have prayed, Lord, over the needs of people. But now, God, we pray, Lord, over the delivery of the word of the Lord. God, there is this word needs no help. It doesn't need propped up. But, God, I am a fallible man. I pray, oh, Lord Jesus, prone to failure and mistake. And I need you to help me, Lord, in my mind, Lord, in the words that would pass over my lips. God, to be spoken in such a way it would can somehow penetrate a heart, penetrate a soul and a mind, God, that it can help order and guide our steps. God, for our tomorrow into our future, into our destiny. I pray, oh, Lord, tonight, God, fall upon every hearer, Lord, both within this church and online tonight. God, let your presence, I pray, God, know no bounds. Here, Lord, or even whom, wherever, God, someone may be listening. In the lovely name of the Lord Jesus Christ that I pray, amen and amen. God, someone say amen. Amen. You may be seated today. I think perhaps I have conveyed this portion of my life to you before, but uh, this seemed to fit good with what I'm going to talk about this evening to convey it perhaps one more time. This goes back to the days that my wife and I uh, traveled on the road thousands and thousands of miles, a lot of states, a lot of different places. But there is one trip that always sticks out in my mind that was probably one of the longest trips that we ever traveled. And it wasn't long because necessarily the miles were any uh, more than other miles that we have traveled. It wasn't long because uh, the hours necessarily that it would take for this normal journey uh, would, 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 would be any more than what we have driven before. As a matter of fact, it was a trip that we took from Dayton, 
Dayton Beach, Florida, uh, to Newark, Ohio. It's very simple. I mean, that's just a little over 900-mile trip, Brother Josh. It's, it's about 13- to 14-hour trip if you were to drive it, you know, nonstop. I realized that we had a fifth wheel, 36 feet long, that we were hauling behind us, and that does change dynamics slightly, amen, whenever you're going on such a trip like that. But we have pulled those many miles like that before. We had made all kinds of 14-hour trips, driving without ever stopping or staying over somewhere on a parking lot or in a uh, a, a RV place. We had done that several, several at times. So this this would not be no problem at all because we have traveled that, had traveled that type of distance just in one setting. But on this particular trip, Brother Adams, this little simple almost 14 hours, 930 miles, whatever it was, this trip took us three days. Mark my words, folks. This trip took us three days because somewhere upon leaving or still yet within the confines of the state of Florida, my wife had stopped at a Bell's outlet, I believe it was in Florida, and she found the most perfect Sister Malone pair of leopard high heels that zipped up in the back. To die for, if you will. And she got those heels and we're traveling down the road only for her to realize that within that box was one of those heels that was her size, size 11. And another heel that was a different size. They were not the same size. Now understand, I am the seize and conquer type of traveler. I'm re- I, I want to get in and shut that left door and keep it shut. And let's drive and let's drive and let's drive. If you need to use the restroom, we'll consider it on a vote. Amen. Let's just keep driving. Let's get to the destination. But my wife, after finding out that one of these shoes was different from the other one and she couldn't wear both of them, amen, she knew that there were only Bell's outlets within Amen. Was it Cato's? Sorry. She knew that they were only certain places along the way. And so she got on her phone, Sister Maddie, and she began to look up all of the Cato's. Between Dayton Beach, Florida, and Newark, Ohio, that was close enough within driving distance for us to pull a truck and the 36-foot trailer off of so that she might find the other match to the size of shoe that she had. I'm telling you folks, it never took so long to get to the northern Florida border. I'm telling you the truth. We we would stop. She would go in and look mm, to no avail. We would stop, go in to look to no avail. Amen. And so we're, we're, we're stopping in Florida. We cross over into Georgia. She's still looking for Cato's. I, I'm telling you, we've driven a, maybe a mile, mile and a half off the road. Amen. To find that Cato's that's perhaps going to be the answer. Amen. To the shoe size. And our objective, please, please understand, our objective on this trip was not just simply to leave Daytona Beach. We weren't there vacation in any way. We were there preaching. Our, our objective was not just to leave Daytona Beach. Amen. Our objective, for that matter, wasn't just to get out of Florida. Our objective, mine most importantly, was to arrive at Newark, Ohio. That's where I wanted to get to. That's where we needed to go. But this process was very long. On any other day, we could have made it within the day. But this journey took three 
days because it was littered with delays. We had to stop. We had to pause. You got to find something that big a place to park. Amen. You got to go in. You got to rumble through all the stuff. You got to come back out. You got to get. Listen, I'm determined. Anytime you make a stop, 20 minutes is gone out the door. Easy. And so we had all of these delays. And so those leopard print high heels that came into our lives in Florida were still a part of our lives on our journey. Amen. On our journey to Ohio. We didn't, she did not have the gumption to leave the heels in Florida. Is everybody all right? She didn't say, well, these are missized. They're really not going to come. I just leave them in Florida. Uh -uh Uh-uh-uh. They're going along with me on the trip. They're going along with me on the trip to Ohio. And so for the most part, most of our delays, amen, were responsible. Those hills were responsible for most of our delays to Newark, Ohio. And had we just counted our losses with the shoes, we just counted our losses with the shoes when we left, there would have been no delays, brother Fred. It would have been 930 miles later, about 14 hours later, we would have been in Newark, Ohio. But because of the shoes, there were delays upon delays. I think I'm speaking, I might not speak for all of us, but I think for a good portion of the population of the world, I believe most of us are not conditioned to accept delays. COVID right now covers a multitude of reasons right now, the reason why we have delays. I just ordered something from Amazon a few weeks back. Amen. And Amazon uh, subscribers that particularly have Prime understand this. Right now, sometimes Prime is taking longer than what Prime is supposed to take. Things are not coming as quickly as they should be coming. And they have a disclaimer there that because of COVID, COVID's covering a multitude of sin right now. Amen. Because they have a, they have a disclaimer there that things may be delayed. Amen. As a result of COVID, I ordered an adapter. Uh, again, my computer's going belly up in my office. And so I got a different computer to me. I bought it used and, and I need an adapter for one of my monitors. So I bought one a few weeks ago on Amazon Prime thinking I'll get this baby for it to tell me that it was going to come about mid-October and I told my wife I said well I guess it is what it is it's just the times I'll just sit and wait no big deal but about two weeks into it humanity doesn't like delays about two weeks in it I said hun take my phone cancel that order and find that exact same thing somewhere else that's going to get here quicker huh because we don't like delays amen we don't like to wait Amen. For what it may be that is coming. And so I asked her, just, just cancel that thing. If I go to a restaurant, this happens particularly during conference times. If I go to a restaurant and they tell me that the wait is going to be 30 to 45 minutes, I might love that food. But I don't love that food so much that I can't eat somewhere else. You hear what I'm talking about? I don't like the delay. They might have the best whatever. But right now, me unfed is not best for me. You understand? And so it doesn't matter. I'm going to leave that place and say thank you and be courteous. And I'm going to find me another place that what? Doesn't have as long as a wait. Because I do not like delays. Amen. We get in traffic. You've heard my theory on traffic. I hate traffic whenever it comes to a halt. Whenever it comes to a stop. When stuff starts getting backed up. You know what I'm doing? 
looking for an alternative route because I don't like to be delayed. We've been in flight sometime and they come and tell us, uh, we're sorry, but flight such and such is going to be delayed. And I can handle a little delay, but whenever they say stuff like that, flight's going to be delayed till tomorrow. Folks, I'm not sleeping in the terminal. I'm not finding a hotel. We're going to find out some way that we can have another flight reroute somehow to get to our destination still today because I don't like delays. I want to be there today. And so what we're trying to do in all these episodes, whether it's the restaurant you eat at, your flight, your travel, amen, ordering something from Amazon Prime, whatever it may be, you are trying to bypass the delays. We are trying to attempt to rid ourselves of the delays. I want the package today. I want to eat today. I want to get home today. Amen. I'm not going to allow a delay to jeopardize that from happening. But here's the fact of the matter tonight. I believe that in the Christian world that delays sometimes have become unacceptable in every area of our lives except for our life lived for the Lord. Amen. They become, it's not acceptable to have to wait on the traffic. It's not acceptable to have to wait on your food. It's not acceptable to have to wait on your package. But we have no problem in the delay in our progress, in our journey for the Lord. Someone say amen. Listen tonight, folks. You're saying, well, Brother McGee, there's delays. That's coming my journey for the Lord. And I understand that. But we must distinguish the difference between what is a divine delay and what is a personal delay. A divine delay will come into your life. Everybody. It's going to visit everybody at some point in time. A divine delay is going to come. And when a divine delay comes, Brother Gregory, you best wait on the, on the delay. You best wait and just, just buy your time there and just wait until it's said and done. But not every. Everybody say every. But not every delay in these Christian lives of ours is God-inspired. Not every delay that we encounter in our progress toward the Lord is a God-inspired, God-breathed delay. There are some delays tonight, folks, amen, that come about and are created by what we have carried on with us. From the beginning of our journey, every delay from Florida, Ohio, was a result of something that we carried with us. From the beginning of our journey. And so there are some delays. They might be a leopard print high heel. There are some delays, amen, that are a result of what we've carried along on the journey. That if we just left it where it was. Amen. I'll get to the Bible here in a little bit. If we just left it where it was. See, you, you got to wait patiently through the divine delays. There's, there's no other, if I could say it like this, there's no other vendor. You're not going to find another packaging company. You're not finding an alternate route. You're not finding another restaurant. Uh, he's got you on a journey. He's got you set for a destiny. Amen. you got to wait patiently for the divine delays. And so you got to wait them out. But there's something about personal delays that we need to eradicate. There's something about personal delays that we need to eliminate because God's delays have purpose. But sometimes, many times, most of the time, our personal delays have a purpose too. But they are oftentimes contrary to the purpose that God has for your life. So we got to pinpoint what is a divine delay and what is a personal delay in this journey. 
Someone say amen. The Bible tells us in the scripture that God had told Abram to leave Ur of Chaldees. The book of Hebrews says that upon hearing this, that Abram went out, not knowing whether he went. Abraham went out, not knowing whether he went. In other words, Abraham, he's known even in the Old Testament as the father of the faithful because whenever he left, he didn't know where or what where he was going to or where he was going to. He didn't know the condition that was going to be brought into his life upon his destination. He just knew he had a call upon him to go. He went out, the Bible says. It's not that he necessarily knew the terrain between what he was leaving and where he was going. He went out, according to Scripture, without any understanding or without any foreknowledge about the trip or about the destiny of the trip. But because he had trust in God, confidence in God, faith in God. He went out not knowing where he went. And so the Bible plainly describes Abraham then as a man of the faithful. Abraham was a man that walked by faith and not by sight. He was being called to a place, the Bible says, where he would receive it as his inheritance. And he obeyed, the scripture says, in leaving. But getting out, can I tell you tonight, getting out of Ur of Chaldees for Abraham was only part of his journey. Getting out of Ur Chaldees where he lived, where he was reared and raised, that was only part of his journey. His obedience to that part was accomplished when he left. Amen. But there's more to the journey than just getting away from where you started. It's also getting into where you plan on finishing. Oh, yes. Amen. Even concerning the scenario of Egypt, we read in the scripture that the Bible plainly tells us that God brought the nation of Israel out of the land of Egypt so that he might bring them into the promised land. The Bible says in Deuteronomy 6 and verse 23, it says he brought us, that is the children of Israel, out. Everybody say out. From thence. Amen. The fence, if you look at the previous verse, he brought them out of Egypt. He brought them out from under Pharaoh. He brought them out of the household of Pharaoh. He brought them out that he might bring us in. Everybody say in. To give us the land which he swear unto our fathers. And so what I'm trying to convey to you right now is this. Is leaving is only part of the equation of the journey. Leaving is just a portion of the journey. Leaving is just the start of the journey. The other part of the journey is arriving. Amen. At the destination. The other part of the journey is getting to what he has for us. Let me break it down like this tonight. Our repentance and our baptism in Jesus name and our infilling and the Holy Ghost. It's just the start of the journey. It's our birth certificate. Amen. But he didn't just save us and bring us out. He wants to bring us into somewhere. Oh my God. And we got to beware of the delays between the bringing out and the bringing in. We got to be aware. Oh, yes. oh, 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 oh. 
Someone says, glory, I've repented. I've been baptized in Jesus' name. I've been filled with the Holy Ghost. That's great, but that's just a start. That's great. That's just the beginning. There is more to the journey. There's more to the journey. I obeyed in getting out, but honey, I got to see this thing to the finish. I got to get in, and there is some distance. There is some terrain between here and there, and I need not anything, amen, that I might bring with me along on the trip to cause a delay lay on the journey. Someone say amen. I mean, a successful flight in my estimation is not only taking off well, but landing well. They say some of the most two problematic areas of flight is not the in-between, but it's the taking off and the landing. I want both to do well. Here's what I've learned in my Christian experience. I'm talking about my own. Listen to me. What I've learned in my Christian experience is this, is that between being between the being brought out and being the brought in, because I'm not in yet. I'm still on a journey, Sister Millian. Between the being brought out and being brought in are many delays that can be waiting for me, that some are God's intervention. And there's some that are my own. Someone say amen. Because not all delays between here and there are divine delays. Many times I have brought along some self-induced delays. Someone say glory. The Bible says in Genesis 12. Folks, I'm just telling you right now. It's going to be long, okay? We're on a journey. I can't just bring you out. I've got to bring you in before we leave here. <laughs> so buckle in. Genesis chapter number 12 and verse 1. This is after the Genesis 11 scripture I read to you. We're going to get to that. I hope you don't think, well, he's read a scripture and he doesn't even know what he's talking about. No, 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 no. Amen. This Genesis 12 happens after they've been at Haran. This happens after Tira has died and they have buried him. Genesis 12 and verse number 1. Look at the wording of the scripture here. Now the Lord had said, everybody say had said. <laughs> you want some caffeine? Now the Lord had said unto Abram, get thee out of thy country. And from thy kindred, from thy father's house, into a land that I will shew thee. Skip down, if you will, to verse number four. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken unto him, and Lot went with him. And Abram was 70 and five years old when he departed out of Haran. Now, there's many times that we have read this grouping of scripture in Genesis 12. And when we've read this verse of scripture about what God said to Abraham, we have read it as though what God said had been spoken to him and happened at Haran. All right? Because in chapter 12, we have them at Haran. In chapter 12, we have Tira that died at Haran. And so when we, when, we, when we read, rather, chapter 11, so whenever we read chapter 12, because it's come after chapter 11, here we read them. Here's Abram. Here's his family. In chapter 11, they went to Haran. Tira died there. And now here's chapter 12. So we believe whenever the Lord spoke those words of get thee out of thy country, away from thy kindred, and away from thy father's house, that then God spoke that to Abram while he was in 
Haran. Amen. Verse number four even relates to us in Genesis chapter 12 and four and tells us that Abram then departed out of Haran. But I'm here to submit to you tonight that Abram did not hear those words of get out of your country, away from your father's house and away from your kindred. He did not hear those words of the Lord while he was at Haran. He heard them before he ever got to Haran. And one point of position that we need to give consideration to is Genesis 12 and 1 because the Bible says, now the Lord, everybody, had said. Had said is past tense. Somewhere in the past, God had spoken that unto Abram already. What Abram is doing in Genesis 12 at Haran is recalling something to his mind that God had already said to him. At this moment in Haran, he's thinking about what God had said. Amen. New Testament scripture agrees with this Old Testament had said. Whenever Stephen is standing before those that are going to stone him, and he begins to give an account of the nation of Israel, the Bible says, Sister Grace, in Acts 7 and verse number 2, and he said, speaking of Stephen, and he said, Men, brethren, and fathers, hearken. The God of glory appeared unto our father Abraham. When he was in Mesopotamia. Now listen to me. Ur of the Chaldees was an important city or state in the region of Mesopotamia. He says, men and brethren, the glory of God appeared unto our father when he was in Mesopotamia. Look now, before the reiteration, he dwelt in Charan, which the Charan of the New Testament is the Haran of the Old Testament. He said this was before he dwelt in Charan, verse number three, and said unto him, this is what God spoke to him, look, get thee out of thy country. That's what God said before he was in Haran. That's what God said when he was in Mesopotamia, Ur of the Chaldees. God said, get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred, and come into the land which I shall shew thee. In verse 4, Then came he, Abram, out of the land of the Chaldeans, and dwelt in Charan, or Haran. And from thence, look, when his father was dead, he removed him into this land which he now dwell, which he's referring to the land of Canaan. Is everybody doing all right? And so what we have in Genesis 12 is not God speaking to Abram in that moment about leaving his country and leaving his father's house and leaving his kindred. Abraham is recalling something that God had said to him back at Ur Chaldees. His feet now are planted at Haran, but he's remembering what God told him back of Ur Chaldees. Leave your country, leave your kindred, even your father's house, your family. You gotta leave all of that behind. Someone say amen. Is everybody all right? Just walk with me here for a moment. Evidently, what God spoke to Abram back at Ur of Chaldees, somewhere, somehow, he must have shared what God had told him with his father, Terah, who we know from this morning was an idolater. Everybody doing all right? In our text of Genesis 11, in verses 31 and 32, the Bible says that Abram leaves Ur of the Chaldees, but our text seems to indicate, verse 31, that Terah, the idolater, was leading the trip. 
Everybody doing all right? And although, listen to me very clearly, although Abram was leaving the country, the place, he still had his kindred. He still had an attachment largely to his father's house. What are you saying? Let me put in the terms of our beginning story. He was going with the leopard high heels. He wasn't leaving them back there. Not only that, Abraham isn't leading the charge. His idolatrous daddy is leading the charge. Mark the words of your pastor tonight. Things will not fare well when something from your past is trying to lead the trip to your promise. It's not going to fare well. It's not going to turn out well because whenever Tira leads the trip, which is a part of Abram's past, part of his family, the father's house, he's an idolater. When he's trying to lead the trip of going, being brought out, but trying to get brought in, when he's leading the trip, you'll end up at Haran and you'll stop there. You'll pause there. You'll pick up your feet there. You'll get your recliner out there. You'll put your feet upon, if you will, the ottoman there. You'll spend some time there. You'll put up a mailbox there. You'll stop rather than progressing toward the promise. You'll delay. If, amen, if Tira is going to lead the pack, amen, can I say it like this? You can only go so far as long as there's a portion of your past that's riding shotgun. There was only so many miles I could travel the first day because those stupid, amen, high heels were in the truck. There were so many miles I could go the second day because they were in the truck. They were suffering me some delays. Can I tell you, if it came from what you brought out of, it's going to cause you some delays where you can't go as far as you would have went if it was just left at the beginning. Am I making sense, Brother Malone? Good, I just want to make sure it's getting all the way to the back so I know it's in between. Amen. The Bible says they traveled. Haran, it's 600 miles. It's 600 miles from Ur of Chaldees from where they began, but it's 400 miles from the promised land. Now that's pretty good to go 600 miles. I wish I'd got that many miles on my first day. <laughs> I'm telling you right now that's pretty good to go 600 miles but they were still 400 miles short of the promised land listen to me the city of Ur the city Ur means flame or a place of the flame but the country those of the Chaldees or the country of Chaldea means clod breakers clod breakers when Habakkuk describes the Chaldean people in his book, Habakkuk chapter 1. He describes it as a bitter and nasty nation. He describes it as those that were terrible and dreadful. Because understand this, clod breaking, it's probably not a term that we use right now. <laughs> clod breaking is fine as long as you plan on planting something. Tilling up, turning over the ground causing a disheveling of the soil. Oh, that's fine as long as you plan on planting something. But if you only break clods and nothing else, don't throw seed. Cultivation breaking up with no purpose. 
then you really all you got is broken up ground. All you got is soil that's been turned over, that's brought rocks to the surface and got the grass tilled under. What you've done is just brought everything to the surface. You've turned other things other. But if you have no plan to plant, you've, quite, you've been quite destructive to the ground. You've just clawed broken the ground. God says, Abram, I'm calling you out of Ur of Chaldees. I'm calling you out of the place of flame and clod breaking. I'm calling you out of the place, if I may, of flame and destruction. It's the same place he's called every one of us out of. He says, I'm calling you out of that place. I'm calling you out of that place of idolatry. I'm calling you out of that place. And the Bible says that Abraham obeyed in leaving that place. But his journey was stymied because with him was his kindred. With him was his father's house. He left the place, but he brought the personality of the place with him. (laughs) His kindred, there was literally... And for our purpose, figuratively, there was some flesh that needed eliminated. Can I say it like this? Listen, because that's where Abram started, right? That's where Abraham started. A portion, if we can look at it, a portion of Abram's past, his father, Lot, came along on the trip. Tira's leading the charge. But Tira, the past leading, can only lead you so far. It got them 600 miles from where they were, but yet 400 miles from where they needed to be. It led them to Haran. A lot of name and place meanings for you tonight. It led them to Haran, which means parched, dry, Fruitless. The word of God for Abram was the promised land. And as far as a portion of Abram's past could lead him was to a dry land. A parched land. A fruitless land. God said, Abraham, I got got the land of promise. A land that flows with milk and honey. God, I got the, Abraham, I got the land of promise. A land that I will give the rain in its season for the planting and for the harvesting. That sounds vastly different than a land that is parched. That sounds vastly different than a land that is dry and fruitless. Haran. But listen tonight. There is no portion, and we struggle with this in our Christian journeys. There is no portion of our past that can bring us to where God truly has designed for us. There is no portion of what used to be that can get us to really what God has planned for us we got to come out as God asked a man Abraham from the country from the kindred from the father's house you know what he's saying you can't bring it with you because if you do it will cause delays in your journey according to the timeline of scripture they spent Abram and the others they spent between five and a half to six years in Haran Just the observation of Scripture, Brother Malone. We read of no prayers offered at Haran. We read of no altars built at Haran. There's seemingly no visitation, as it would seem, from God at Haran. It's parched. It's dry. Abram was saved from Ur. 
But whenever he got out of Ur, the plan was to be brought into the land of Canaan. But because there was a delay, because there was a pause, because there was a stop, progress had stopped at Haran. And it was being led by Terah there. And the Bible says they dwelt there. And five and a half to six years elapsed there. What are you saying? If you could have taken those same five or six years that you stayed at the parched, dry, fruitless, that would have been time just that much closer, if not already inhabiting the promise. Everybody doing okay? Tira's name, Abraham's daddy, means delay. This was not divine delay because God gave the order from the beginning. This was not divine delay. This was a delay brought on because the past was not left in the past. The hills wasn't left in Florida. It was a personal delay. They left Ur, but they carried on the personality and the temper of Ur by having the kindred and the family. Amen. And they went to Haran and lived there. Lot and Abram and all of them. And there's a delay of five or six years as a result of it. Now look at our scripture text. It is Genesis 11 and verse 32. Look at this now. Genesis 11 and verse 32 where the Bible says, Terah died in Haran. Terah died in in Haran. And it's after that, Sister Sheila, we have the Genesis 12:1 scripture that the Bible tells us, now the Lord had said unto Abram, get out from this, get out from that. What are you saying? When Terah died, when the delay was eliminated, Abram started to recall what God first said to him. When the delay was eliminated. Abraham began to recall what the purpose was that God had for his life. Pain. He remembered what God had said to him all the way back at Ur of Chaldees where his story began, where his story started. Abraham, listen to me very clearly tonight. This is important. Abraham didn't go anywhere outside of Haran. He didn't make any progress until Terah died. He didn't make any progress until the delay was taken care of. Can I tell you tonight, folks, whoever we may be, wherever we may be in this Christian journey, we got to lay our delays to rest. We got to bury our delays. Those portions of our past, amen, that's caused us to stop or pause or dwell and put up our mailbox along the way. We need to have a, a funeral tonight and we need to go to the graveyard and put that portion of our past in the ground so that we can go on from there and continue Continue on our journey unto the promised land of what God has prepared for us. Amen. It's got to be eliminated many times in order to go forward. Because Sister Tiffany, unless it's eliminated, we're going to stay right where the delay has brought us. I've been born again of the, listen, I've been born again of the water and the spirit. 
I've been brought out of where I started. But there's times things piggyback along on my journey. There's times that I've invited things from where I started along on the journey. And all they really do is causing delays. Delay, 600 miles of delay. Bury that, go a little bit further, a delay. Something from all the way back from the start, a delay. Just to go a little bit further, got to bury that and go on. Our series of our Christian walk should just be a series of funerals and burials. Hallelujah. And you say, well, Brother McGee, listen, it may be something known publicly, and everybody's like, oh, yeah, I know some things. But listen, just as much as there's public things, there's private things that nobody else knows about. That's delaying some of our walks with God. It may not be something external, but there's attitudes and things arbored in hearts. That's just as much as a delay as Tira was that's keeping us in places from going... But here's the fact of the matter. Whatever it is, if it's unseen within the heart and attitude, whatever it may be, it will only allow you to go so far. There's only so many miles you can traverse. Amen. With that in your spirit, you got to lay that thing to rest. You got to put that thing in the ground. Because listen, you cannot make the entire trip to where God has you headed with that. No wonder Paul advised the church at Colossae in Colossians 3 and verse 5. He said, mortify. That's a good biblical word. (laughs) Mortify, therefore, your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Mortify. The word mortify means this, to make dead, to put to death, slay, to deprive of power, destroy the strength of. He said, mortify those things. You know what Abraham was doing at Haran as he was putting the dirt on top of daddy? He said, I'm taking away the power of this right here. I'm going to head on on my journey. And so in this journey, we got to eliminate some delays. But furthermore, we got to eliminate some distractions. When Abram left Haran, when he left Haran, I'm not talking about your job. He was there too. But when he left Haran, and Tira was in the ground. Guess who's going with him from Haran? Lot. There was still a kindred. Flesh of the old way. That was trailing along for the journey. And what do we have as record, Brother Zachary, in Scripture that happened? Before it was all said and done, the Bible says, Lot, his herdsmen, those that were associated with him, were in essence a distraction for Abraham and them associated with him. The Bible says this in your Bible in Genesis 13. The Bible says that these two groups could not dwell together. They could not dwell together. The Bible further says in verse number 7, then that Abram, Ended up telling Lot. He says, listen, Lot. He says, I understand there's strife between you and your herdsmen and me and my herdsmen. There's strife. There's contention. It's caused a distraction. There's strife between our two groupings. Abraham told Lot this. He says, you need to separate from me. 
He says, you need to separate from me. Is everybody okay? Lot's name means covering. Well, big deal, but everybody needs a covering. Bless God. But Lot's name that means covering comes from the Hebrew verb, which means to wrap closely, to envelop. See, in other words, Lot was nothing more but another leopard print high heel. Lot was nothing more but another piece of Abraham's past that was covering him, not for means of protection, but in a means of encumbering, wrapping him up, enveloping him. It was a portion of Abraham's start that was enveloping him and causing strife in his new life. Folks, I'm telling you, causing strife in his new life. And so there was a contention between Lot and his group and Abram and his group. The two group dynamics, there was contention. Amen. And God seen that the only prescription for relief right here is that there's going to have to be a separation between the two. Abram, you can't allow your life from here to you being brought in to be wrapped up and enveloped in that. <laughs> Someone say amen. Everybody doing okay? Man, I feel like I'm preaching to the live stream here tonight for a little bit. Amen. Hebrews 12 and verse number 1. The Bible says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before. He says, you be brought out, but there's, there's, there's a path for being brought in. Now look at this. Look at verse number four. Skip down to that, if you will. He says, ye, the writer of Hebrews, ye have not yet resisted unto blood, striving against sin. Now listen, there are some things, Brother Gregory, that we used to be wrapped up in that we need to separate from. Some things from our very start, from our very beginning, that we need to separate from. There are some things that, Brother Fred, in our journeys we can look back on that used to envelop our lives. Even after we were Holy Ghost filled and baptized in Jesus' name. Some things that used to envelop our lives that we need to separate from because all they're doing is causing strife in our lives. All they're doing is causing constant struggle and turmoil that besets us. Weights even that beset us. Notice what the writer of Hebrews says. And he says, ye have not resisted unto blood. He told them, starting out in chapter 1. He says, ye are compassed with such a great cloud of witnesses. What he's telling them is this. He says, there's other people that have ran this race before you. There's other people that have made this journey. They were brought out. They made the journey and they were brought in. They are already in their reward. They are in the grave. Amen. Amen. This life is passed to the next, next life to be absent from the body, to be present with the Lord. He says there is a, a host of witnesses that have already run this rate, a great cloud of witnesses. And he says in verse 4, though, he says, but you that are running it right now, you've not resisted into blood. He says, listen now, in the very literal sense, he say many of these clouds of witnesses that you have before you right now he said they gave their lives they were martyrs 
They, are there, they were the Stevens. They gave their lives for striving against their past. They gave their lives for the new life. He says, ye have not yet resisted unto blood. He said, you're compassed by a great cloud of witnesses. Many of them gave their lives as martyrs, amen, for their new life. He said, but you've not resisted unto blood yet. And I'm telling you, not, I'm not asking you, amen, to lay down your literal life, amen, for this new life. But I am telling you what Matthew 16, 25 told us, that whosoever will save his life, amen, shall lose it. And whosoever though will lose his life in a figurative sense for his sake shall find it. We've sometimes in our journey, we've not yet strived unto blood against sin against our past. The writer says you've got to fight against sin. In your striving against sin you've not yet resisted until you've lost your life until you've lost your life like these martyrs you've not yet lost your life your old life if you will in order to strive and fight against sin but you gotta lose your life Abraham get out of your country out of the kindred out of your father's house amen strive against it eliminate both delays and distractions eliminate the tears and the lots Genesis 13 and verse 14. We're finishing it up. So this happened. The separation of Lot from Abram. Lot chose the plains of Jordan. Abraham chose then what was not chosen. And the Lord said unto Abram. Please note the phrase right here. After that Lot was separated from him. He says, Abram, lift up now thine eyes. Look from the place where thou art, northward, southward, eastward, and westward. Verse 15, he says, for the land which thou seest, to thee will I give it, and to thy seed forever. You know what God's doing right here in this moment, Brother Fred? God is renewing his covenant with Abraham after he's been separated from Lot. He says, let me remind you of my covenant Abram, I brought you out. You obeyed and you left. But with this new determination in your spirit right now, this juncture in the road on the journey, amen, you have been brought to a place where you understand it's needful now to separate from some things that was causing strife and contention, trying to wrap you up and envelop you. And I want to remind you, I want to remind you, look, Abraham, I'm taking you somewhere. Look, Abraham, I've got a destiny for you, and it's going to be your inheritance. Stand with me tonight. Thank you for staying with me. If you was home, you could have already left, and I never knew it. There may be some here this evening, if we can just close our eyes and bow our heads all across this place. And listen, folks, this altar is going to be open tonight. You, you can find, and if you need that six-foot space, that is there available. Find that six feet far from someone else. But there may be someone here this evening that has been brought out. You've been Holy Ghost filled. You've been baptized in Jesus' name, and you have repented. You have been brought out. But you're suffering from some delays right now. They're not divine delays. 
not ones that you need to wait on, but they're personal delays that's hindering your progress to where God has planned for you to get to, where he has you going. There's some that may be sitting under the sound or standing rather under the sound of my voice tonight that may feel like you're stuck at Haran. The years have passed. Years have passed. Brother McGee, I've been brought out of adultery and I've been brought out of all of that back there. But it seems like now I've just arrived and I've been living some time at a parched place. I've been living some time at a dry place, at a fruitless place. I feel like I've made great strides, but now it's almost like I've hit the brick wall. It seems like I'm not making no headway. I'm not going anywhere. It's just dry. It's parched. It's fruitless. Amen. Brother McGee, whenever, whenever I first started the trip from Ur of Chaldees, this is not what I anticipated a life lived for the Lord would look like. It's dry, it's parched, it's fruitless. This is not what I anticipated, Brother McGee. Can I invite you then this evening, every individual, all-inclusive, me as well tonight, can I invite us this evening then to bury the tears in our life? Open up a place in the ground and let down the delays in our life. They might stem all the way back to our beginning. Can I urge you tonight to lay the delays to rest? That delay may have a different label for each individual in this place. That delay may have a different name for each individual in this place. Something that you have carried for years along your journey with the Lord. Are you Holy Ghost filled and baptized? Jesus' name? Absolutely. But you brought a portion along with you on your journey that could only take you so far. And now you're stymied at a place that you can't go beyond. Not until you lay Tira to rest you got to put the delay in the ground. And whatever that delay may look like to you today, whatever its label may be, whether it's seen or unseen, as I've already alluded to tonight, we need to have a burial and lay it to rest tonight because Abram couldn't go forward and Tira was laid to rest. Perhaps you have some things from the past. Speak collectively tonight because this, is, this seems to be the, the makeup of humanity may have some things from the past that are still lingering around still trying to envelop and encompass cover if you will but not in a positive sense trying to cover your life they're covering you they're, they're not protecting you in reality they are distracting you from the destiny causing strife and struggle and turmoil in your life they present a negative struggle for you they present a negative struggle for your soul from day to day. They encompass you and at different times they pull you in directions even maybe that oftentimes you look back upon and you regret. Abram had to look at Lot and says, you, you got to separate. got to separate from me. Can I tell you that God has and wants to renew some covenants of direction and destiny in some of our lives tonight. If we can just shake, if we can just how just shake what's trying to wrap us up, what's trying to envelop our lives. Folks, I'm telling you, and I hope people still got their heads bowed and eyes closed. He wants to show you what he has in store for you. But some other things are causing delay. Some other things are being a distraction and strife for you in your journey. If I tell you like this, in reality, they don't want you to see those things. 
They want you to concentrate purely on the here and now. But the Lord wants you to look northward, southward, eastward, and westward. And says, you see all of this? I know you were distracted by the strife when, when Lot is around, but he's separated now. He's gone. Now look all around you. You see this? This is what I have in store for you. This is what's going to be your inheritance. But we got to minimize and eliminate delays and distractions. Because again, his purpose isn't just to bring you out. His purpose is to bring you in. And that means I must contend with some things from the past along the way that has surfaced delays and distractions for my journey. These altars are open. Every single one of us need to look very intently into our lives. We need to look very intently and evaluate our lives and say, Lord, is, is there something that's, that's pinned my feet here at Haran? Is there something, Lord, that's, that's caused this dry and parched area of my life living for you? Man, I, I've been blood bought, Lord. I've been baptized in your name, but it's dry right here. Perhaps something has led you to that spot. That's not from your future, but from your past. And that's as far as it can take you. Amen. Perhaps tonight you just need to bury that thing. Let Tira be laid in the grave. Perhaps there's a lot that somebody needs to contend with tonight. A distraction, a strife, an enveloping. Amen, folks. It is for our embetterment of being brought in. Because being brought out isn't the whole equation. It's being brought out and being brought in. Hallelujah. And the being brought in part still awaits us. The being brought in part still awaits us. Let's have some funerals. Let's, let's have some barrels. Let's put, let's put away some delays and let's minimize some distractions. Let's go out. Amen. As he has spoken, let's go out. Hallelujah. And let's have our eyes focused upon that land, that promised land, that land that flows with milk and honey. Let's look around us and see what he has in store for us, what he wants us to inherit. Hallelujah. Don't accept second best. Don't, don't accept second best. There really isn't such a thing. Don't, don't accept, well, the alternative. There really isn't anything like that in this. We all don't like delays. Please let us hold that same type of standard for the delays that come in our life that are not divine in our Christian walk and experience with God. Is there anybody that would wish to pray? You don't want to come up here to pray? You can bow your head right there where you're standing tonight. You can bow your head. It'll just go around, turn in your pew and lay down right there with your knees down by your pew tonight and pray to God. But I wish someone would talk to the Lord tonight. God, the delays and the distractions, the delays and the distractions, oh God, Lord of these life. I pray, oh God, I don't want the finish line always just to be pushed further ahead because of the delays and the distractions. Oh God, oh God, help me, Lord Jesus, this evening. God, there's things, Lord, in life, God, that nobody has to see. That's the unseen. That are private matters, Lord, that can stem all the way from our past. God, that may be putting us delayed at a parched desert dry place. That may be strife within our spirits, a struggle and a turmoil in our spirits. Help me, oh God, tonight. Help me, oh God, tonight. Oh, to lay some things to rest. To lay some things down. Brother and Sister Mason, can you sing right now to the Lord? Let our hearts be open to God. Our minds be open to God. Hallelujah right now in this place. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you and have a blessed day.